0: Welcome to Healing the Whole Person. We're um, here again with a wonderful show for you, Healing Through Intercessory Prayer. And we have one of our regulars that you know well, Father Michael Sparrow, SJ, Retreat Director and Spiritual Director at the Bellarmine Jesuit Retreat House in Barrington. Father holds an MFA from Yale School of Drama and is a Doctor of Ministry from St. Mary of the Lake in Mundelein, Illinois. He is the founder of CARIS, a National Jesuit Retreat Ministry for Young Adults in their 20s and 30s, and has trained spiritual directors at Loyola University of Chicago. Father is seen regularly on Shalom World Catholic Television and is heard regularly on WKRC Radio in Cincinnati and WSFI Catholic Radio in Greater (coughs) Chicagoland. We want to mention that Father celebrated his 50th anniversary of his ordination to the priesthood last summer and had multiple celebrations. So, Father, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Joan. It's always a delight to be back and to have the opportunity to share this program with you. As well, you go ahead. As you introduced our topic today, we're talking about intercessory prayer, which simply put is joining together and praying for our loved ones, praying for their healing praying for our church, praying for our world. I'd like to introduce this topic by just uh, reading from Mark chapter 2, a story that is familiar to a number of us, The Healing of the Paralytic. When Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it became known that he was at home. Many gathered together so that there was no longer room for them, not even around the door. And he preached the word to them, They came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. Unable to get get near Jesus, because of the crowd, they opened up the roof above him. After they had broken through, they let down the mat on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, "'Child, your sins are forgiven.' Now some of the scribes who were sitting there asking themselves, why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. Who but God alone can forgive sins? Jesus. Jesus immediately knew in his mind what they were thinking to themselves, so he said, why are you thinking such things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, rise, pick up your mat, and walk? but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sins on earth. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your mat, and go home. He rose, picked up his mat at once, and went away in the sight of everyone. They were all astounded and glorified God, saying,
2: We have never
1: seen anything like this. There's several points in this story that uh, just stand out. One is that the healing takes place not through the faith of the paralytic but through the men who bring the paralyzed man to Jesus. Mm. That's remarkable. There's nothing that suggests that there was strong faith on the part of the paralytic but there's lots of evidence of the faith of those who brought this paralyzed man to Jesus. And they weren't put off by the fact that there was a large crowd and they couldn't get to Jesus. They were inventive. <laughs> they, I think this, I talk of the, about this story as an example of holy chutzpah, of they, uh, they use their own inventiveness to figure out uh, how can we get this man to Jesus. If any of you have seen the uh, Jesus of Nazareth video series that Franco Zeffirelli did uh, over four decades ago. Zeffirelli sets the scene in Peter's house and so the uh, friends of the paralyzed man climb up on Peter's roof and they're taking Peter's roof apart and Peter goes apoplectic, this is my property, what are you doing, you get get (laughs) out of there. (laughs) We we don't know whose house it was, Uh, the scriptures don't record that, but what we do know is that it's an extraordinary example of intercession on, on the part of these friends, and they lower Jesus before him. So major point number one, this story points directly to the power of intercessory prayer, of bringing our loved ones to Jesus. How does healing take place? Bring them to Jesus, directly or indirectly. The second point, and it's the majority of this, the narration of the story, of Jesus doesn't physically heal the paralyzed man first he forgives his sins and of course this is a source of great scandal for the teachers of the law and the pharisees who had gathered to hear jesus and they accuse him of blasphemy perhaps it's an example of jesus's extraordinary uh, power, or maybe he's simply looking on the faces of of the teachers of the law and the Pharisees to be able to see that they radically uh, disagree with what he's done and are and are scandalized. So Jesus speaks to that. And the question that he puts, I think, is an important one. Which is easier, to forgive sin or to heal the body? And we naturally, I, I think, go to well, we, we want our bodies healed. That's When we get sick, that's what ga- uh, gets our attention. Uh, if we fall into sin, many of us are not real quick to run over to the confessional and say, my soul has to be healed, I just fell into sin. But if we break a bone or we're feeling sick or we have some serious illness, then we're very quick to, to get to the doctor or to intercede, Lord, you've got to heal us. Jesus says which which is easier and he said and then as a demonstration of his power that he does indeed have the power to forgive sin he heals the man instantaneously and St. Mark records that they're all astounded and they give glory to God that second point there major major aspect of this story is that physical healing and spiritual healing are united together. I've made this program many times, I've made this point many times, on the program that everybody that Jesus physically healed got sick again and eventually died. Even Lazarus, whom he called forth from the grave, eventually got sick and died again. No physical healing is forever. It's always temporary. So you might say, well, what's the good of that? The good of it is that it, strengthens our faith when we see this manifestation of God's power at work within our lives. But the healing that lasts forever and the healing that will take us into heaven is not a sound body, it's a sound soul. And so Jesus puts it in perspective and it's as if he's saying, yes, I will heal this man for compassion and as a demonstration of the healing power of God that flows through me. But let's get it straight, folks, what's more important is to heal the soul. We want to be freed from our sins. So the physical healings are designed to increase our faith and to encourage us to examine our consciences so that we can come spiritually healed before the Lord as well. Well, there's lots more to be said on this topic, but uh, I wanted to introduce our topic of intercessory prayer with this story from Mark chapter 2.
0: It's my favorite, favorite story in all of Scripture. I just love the the guys that had the faith and went through the roof. So now, Father, I am dealing with a problem in my own life. My granddaughter has just been diagnosed with a very serious illness. It might take her life. She's 14. Um, with, to pray for healing for her, am I to assume that she needs to be forgiven, for uh, maybe for not believing or for her little sins or for whatever at 14? How, how, do, how do I look upon that now? Can I ask Jesus to heal her or do I have to encourage her to, to open her soul to God and pray for her soul or pray for her body? I'm confused.
1: Yeah. So... It's never a bad thing to pray to open our souls. Yes. And in the midst of sickness, sickness gets our attention, and it's often an opportunity for extraordinary spiritual growth. Now, to the first point, we don't want to fall into the trap of assuming that just because she's sick or anyone that is sick is a result of their sin. Right. There's another story in John's Gospel of the healing of the man born blind, and In Jesus' time, that was the assumption that if you had a physical sickness, Mm -hmm. you had done something to deserve that. That was your fault. And so you'll remember that the disciples came to Jesus, and they said, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? Was this the result of intergenerational sin, Mm -hmm. or was it the man's sin that he was born blind? And do you remember, Jesus' answer is neither. Mm Mm-hmm. it wasn't his sin nor, nor nor was it his family's sin it was so that God's glory could be made manifest
2: mm-hmm.
1: and another critically grounding scripture in all of this is Romans eight twenty eight. Mm. God makes all things work to the good for those who love him that's the context that in every circumstances of our life God is trying to draw us closer to himself now is there there uh is it a good thing to to pray for your granddaughter's physical healing yes absolutely and is it important at the same time to say ellie open your heart to jesus's Mm -hmm. love jesus is loving you Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. whether he chooses to physically heal you or whether he allows you to go home early to god which we pray that that's not God's will. But if it is mm-hmm. God's will, God is going to bring good out of all kinds of difficult circumstances. Another point here that I think is important is to go back to what St. Ignatius in the spiritual exercises called the first principle in foundation. St. Ignatius says, we shouldn't pray for health or sickness, long life or short life, riches or poverty for all circumstances have the opportunity to draw us closer to Him. We should pray that we become the saints that God wants us to be. That's very, very difficult to do. But St. Ignatius says that reflecting on his own experience because up to the age of almost thirty. He was wealthy he had good looks he he was strong he was he was charismatic he was attractive and he abused all of those gifts and they led him into serious sin it was only when he was wounded in the midst of battle and both of his legs were broken that god got his attention and it was the sickness that actually brought him to jesus in a similar circumstance what turned francis of assisi around it was he, he you know he was all about the glory of war and, mm-hmm, and going out mm-hmm. and kicking kicking out the, the the turks the muslims and it was when he was imprisoned and he got sick in the in that in that imprisonment that he began to reflect on what's the purpose of my life there are many child saints those who have died early and in some ways it. When a young person is sick or if God allows a young person to die and to go home to God early, it captures our attention and it touches our souls more deeply than those of us who have been on this earth for for, mm. for many for many years. Again, God makes all things work to the good for those who love him so. Absolutely continue to keep praying for the physical healing of your daughter, your granddaughter, yeah. but encourage her to surrender her suffering to Jesus, because first and foremost, Jesus wants to draw her soul, her spirit, and make of her an example of extraordinary faith.
0: Beautiful, Father. So we have, we have people in the studio here. We have Susie McGinn. Rosemary Simon, Annie Oakley, and Patricia Burke So let's hear from some of you about intercessory prayer. What, what, what is your idea of how do you pray for others? Why don't we t- talk about that? How can we uh, let our listen l- listeners in on on our personal
2: uh, ways of spirituality? Any thoughts, Susie? Well, um, I. I have to agree with you, Father, about Romans 8:28. Uh, a friend of mine and I have a little Bible study, and we—Romans 8:28 is our mantra. It was—it's like we always just answer all probably go well. Romans 8:28. Romans 8:28. Well, what is Everybody, Romans 8:28? It's we know that all things work for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. And it goes on from there. It's a, it's a beautiful passage, and uh, I encourage anybody to read all of the chapter Romans of Romans 8. But... Um, I was thinking about my one of the things I do is I keep a prayer list, and I think that really helps. So you don't forget, because you tell somebody, "I'm going to pray for you." Mm-hmm. If you don't write it down and get to it right away and and keep it before you, you forget. Mm-hmm. And uh, it always makes me feel very bad if I if I've forgotten to share a, a prayer request with our Lord. But a lot of times I'm in a dilemma too, Joan. Mm-hmm. Like how to pray. Like yes, you that's pray. what I was going to ask you. And I I agree. Uh, with uh, Father Michael in this regard, that um, one of the things I ask God to do because I don't know the answer and mm-hmm. I don't know what His purpose is in this suffering, I say, glorify Yourself in this situation, and it's not only for that person but all those around them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw this in my own life, uh, in my with my husband in uh, his illness. Uh, It didn't look very good. Um, It wasn't that he was near death, but it was just uh, a, a deep problem in our family. But looking back, we all say glory to God that he allowed this to happen in our life. We learned things we would never have learned any other way. And it brought us all closer to Jesus. And that's, to me, what it's all about, deepening your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. To me, that's number one. I feel like applauding. That's beautiful, (laughs) Susie. Thank you.
0: Rosemary, do you have any thoughts about intercessory prayer? Uh,
3: Well, I agree that in hard times is when you grow spiritually. I have five children. Uh, my, My sister was telling me recently of... A lady, she knows with eight, but she has a method, where she prays on Monday for one family, Tuesday for the next family, and so on. And I have five children, so that completes my weekdays. That's,
1: yeah, I love it. <laughs> that'll, that'll keep you busy in prayer.
3: <laughs> Offer your prayers throughout the day.
1: Mm-hmm. Susie just suggested the list, you know, writing it down, and, and Rosemarie was talking about that method of going through e- each day. I th- I think those little uh, aids to our memory are really important. And I-, I totally agree with what you were saying, Susie, of it's kind of vague to say, I'll pray for you. Let's, let's make it concrete. Mm-hmm. And uh, as long as I've been involved in healing ministry, the more specific the prayer is, the more focused it is, and the more powerful it becomes. So a general prayer of, may God bless you, is helpful. All all prayer is helpful. But if it's honed in, in terms of, Lord, I'm asking for this particular gift, that's the way that Jesus taught us to pray. He said, knock, seek, search, ask. The one who knocks has it open. The one who searches, finds. The one who asks, receives. Mm Um, so being specific in, in our prayer and jogging our memories, being concrete is, is important, but always bringing it back to that, Lord, glorify your name, whatever your will is. And the other powerful example here is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And so he knows he's going to die a hideous death. And Jesus' prayer is, Father, if this is possible, let this cup of suffering pass me by. So Jesus doesn't hesitate to say, I I don't want this. Crucifixion is not my idea of a good time. Lord, take that away if you can. But then the second part of the prayer is critical. Not my will, but your will be done. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so that that is so instructive for us is to say lord i give you my granddaughter lord i give you my husband lord i pray for my own health for my own healing for the healing of of my loved ones if it is your will manifest your power glorify your your name and heal them so so that yours is the power and the honor and the glory because ultimately all of those miracles those physical healings are meant to glorify God, to strengthen faith. That's that's why miracles occur, to strengthen our faith. Mm-hmm. But it's up to God to decide, because God has the big picture in a way that we don't, what's, what's going to be best. And so even Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane couldn't see all of what the Father had in mind, which is why He says, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering. But Father, I trust you in a way that in my humanity, I can't see the whole picture, so your will be done.
0: So, Susie, would do you mind if I ask you, like, so, what does your prayer look like? Do you do you quiet yourself first, and then do you just imagine Jesus, or do you do you, do you set the scene, or how how is it that we pray? How, what is pr-
2: what does it the prayer look like? Okay, for me, um, uh, it's early in the morning as soon as I get up. Um, I um, go to my prayer chair, <laughs> and uh, it um, and I I prepare for mass. Mm-hmm. This, this is the way I start. Yes. So I start by usually reading the scriptures for the mass that day, and then I have a couple. Um, places i go for some enlightenment on that one is bishop Barron has a a daily reflection his also his homilies um every week he prepares they're ready on thursday on his website for the following sunday are marvelous insights into the the scripture so that it just gets me connected with god and because i love the word and uh, and the other thing I have a couple other places I go just for some reflection and enlightenment on the scripture but that, gets me connected with our lord and then i hit my i keep my list on my iphone of uh, my oh, prayer that's so great. but um more that's importantly i think there, there's something that goes before all this it, is that it, is it
1: as powerful if you keep it on an android
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um but anyway
2: um uh, uh, it tells us in Scripture more than once um, that we must always be thankful and give thanks in all things. And I think if I ever teach my grandchildren anything, and of course my own children too, uh, if they can just have thankful hearts. So I have, uh, uh, like just within me, uh, the Holy Spirit is so faithful and so good that. You know, as I go through the day, all kinds of little things happen. I say, "Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord." I mean, just getting someplace on time. I look at—I have to be there at 11:30, and it's 11:30 on my clock just as I pull up, and I go, "Thank you, God." But I do that mostly with my prayer requests, and I thank Him for no matter how hideous the need is, how deep, like your your sweet granddaughter. I just say thank you Lord for bringing this into our life. Thank you for this need because only you can fill it. So,
0: you in, know, in it, getting ready for this program, one of my favorite books is Jesus Lives Today by Father Emiliano Tardif. He was a Sacred Heart missionary. He worked in the Dominican Republic. You know him, Father, do you? I, I don't. He worked understand. in the Dominican Republic for 30 years. He was all about healing. And he, I quote him, you cannot imagine the physical and inner healing that have taken place through prayers of praise. The prayer that best expresses abandonment and faith is not that of petition, but of praise. Praise the Lord always and for all things mm. and you will be healed. Yes. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. Yeah."
2: There was a book years ago, Power and
0: Praise. You remember that? Merlin Carruthers. Yes. Not one of ours, but we love him anyway. (laughs) Yes, it's time to take a break.
1: (laughs) Hello, I am Mike Benner with the Catholic Men's Group of St. Lucie's Parish in Racine, Wisconsin. If you're a man looking to enrich your faith, we invite you to join our Banda Brothers Scripture Study every Saturday at 7 a.m. We review the Sunday Mass readings and discuss how that applies to us Catholic men that Saturday morning at 7 a.m. at St. Lucie's in Racine.
2: Heal the sick,
0: raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons.
2: This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM, Catholic Radio.
0: Hello and welcome back. Our program is with Father Michael Sparrow, um, who was talking about healing through intercessory prayer. And we ended on a note of praise and thank you, Lord more prayers are answered through praise and thank you than are prayer, prayer in general, according to this Father Emiliano Tardif from the Dominican Republic. Um, so let's continue on that theme. Um, Jesus said over and over again, if you can, he said to the father of the epileptic boy, um, he said, if you can, please help us. Jesus said, if you can, everything is possible to one who has faith. So. If we have faith in, and through prayer of praise and thank you, should we ask for miracles, Father? Should we pray for miracles?
1: Yes, a- absolutely. Uh, but there's an, an important distinction to be made, uh, which is that we ask and then we surrender it. And it's many of us get the asking down, but we don't get the surrendering down. Mm-hmm. And we sometimes come to our intercessory prayer with an image that we're wrestling with God, trying to force God to to change God's will. But the priest, Father Emiliano, that you just quoted, the importance of a praise is if we really believe that God wants what's best for us, that God wants our happiness and knows best how to achieve that happiness, then when we ask we ask ask in confident faith, and we put it in God's hands, it's like saying, Lord, from my perspective, this is what I think I need, or this is what I, I, I think is best for my loved one, and I now surrender that, I put that in your hand, and I praise you and I bless you because I know that you're going to do something much more wonderful than I could ever imagine. I don't even know what it's going to be, but I just know it's going to be, I know it's going to be wonderful. And
0: to really believe that and say it and pray it and let it go.
1: yes.
2: And who, a better example of that than Abraham. Uh, I was just uh, reading about this this morning, the story of his uh, bringing his son, his only son, Mm -hmm. that God had promised him. All getting to the point where that poor boy was uh, bound up on the Mm -hmm. altar and the knife was over him. He went that far, God let him go that far before he stayed his hand and then provided for him with the, the ram in the thicket. And uh, I mean, what what an example of faith and trust that God would answer him in spite of what he thought he was going to have to do and give up. Uh, So we we put Ellie and all our precious people on that altar and just say uh, the beautiful prayer or um, name for God. Uh, that we talk a lot in our Bible study about names for God. And one of them I love, is my favorite one, and it came, comes from that story, is Jehovah-Jireh. That means God the provider. So that's another one of our mantras, Jehovah-Jireh. He provided. <laughs> uh-huh. He provides Jehovah-Jireh. And uh, so I think that uh, he will do that as we bring these uh, very precious needs that have been entrusted to us. It's a responsibility, too, that mm-hmm. we have. Mm-hmm. When someone asks us to pray, that we follow through with that yes, and yes. and be faithful to yes. that. Yes. It's not, I mean, they're doing it because they, they trust you to pray for them. And uh, I take that seriously. So yeah. Jesus told the mystic Juliana of
0: Norwich to be like the widow in the parable of the unjust judge, unrelenting and pestering him until he granted the request. Unrelenting. So that encourages me because I feel like I'm always begging. I'm always... Over and over again, I'm asking him for s- same things every day. You know, these deep prayers for my children, grandchildren. What about you, Rosemary? What, what? How do you see uh, this? Where, do you, where are you in this conversation? Right
3: now, I'm feeling a little empty after my husband passed. Right now, I am. Sorrowful in a a quiet way. I don't know sometimes how to pray. I do think praise is a great way of praising, of praying to God. I thank God every day that I've had a beautiful life with my husband of 57 years. And we I just buried him uh, two months ago, so it's still fresh. And uh, all
0: I can be is thankful. Thank you for sharing that, Rosemary. I can relate. I lost my husband this year, too. It's just, it's very hard, very hard. And being thankful, that sums up what we're talking about here.
3: The funny thing is I don't cry when I'm with people. <laughs> and now but you are. When
0: I'm in a prayerful
3: situation,
0: I do. Mm-hmm. So that's the gift of tears. Mm-hmm. You know, God is with us, Rosemary. Thank you. Yes.
1: And so to and to be able to thank God for the gift of your husband of those 57 years, um, naturally where our hearts go is Lord, why now? Why, why did you take him? Or couldn't you have given us a couple more years? But the wisdom of what you just shared with us, Rosemary, is to look at not what wasn't given, but to look at what was given these wonderful fift- 57 years. And we have three widows here mm-hmm. in, in this in the studio. And you, you know, all know that pain of loss. And you know the joy that comes in a prayer of gratitude, of thanking God for what, what has been given.
0: Mm-hmm. And so I've been wanting Tommy to speak to me. I, he, he, we made a deal before he died <laughs> that he would give me some sign that he's, he's with me and I haven't gotten a sign. And then the other night I had a dream. And in the dream, I came upon this suitcase of his, and I opened it. I was very excited to find this suitcase, and it was chock full of umbrellas. (laughs) (laughs) And I was kind of disappointed, and then I was going back to sleep, and I thought, umbrellas, umbrellas. I thought, well, umbrellas protect you from the rain. Oh, maybe he's just sending me these umbrellas to say he's protecting all of us from... He's protecting us, and then I started to cry. And I, re- that would be something he would do. He would give me a suitcase of umbrellas, you know, <laughs> knowing his sense of humor. So I feel like I did hear from him, and uh, that makes me so happy. That's, that's wonderful. It's sweet. So am I off mark, Father, for <laughs> for listening to these dreams? I don't think so. No, dreams are of the Bible, right?
1: Absolutely. We th- we think of Saint Joseph as the quintessential dreamer yeah, of yeah. the Lord continuing to speak to him in the midst of yeah. dreams and lots of Old Testament examples. And part of part of the power of dream is it's the Lord speaking to our subconscious mind, and a lot of times we're much more open and vulnerable in in those periods than we are in the busyness of the day caught up with all the practicalities of of everyday life i i i wanted to just we're circling back to this point that when we praise in in thanksgiving when we pray and praise when we put our our needs before the lord in great faith that doesn't mean that god is going to answer those 100% 100% of the time the way that we want them to be answered, but it does mean 100% of the time that God will give us what we need to continue to grow closer to Him in grace. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the prayer of surrender, is that we, we trust that whatever God has in mind for us is going to help us grow spiritually we say well i don't care so much about the spiritual stuff but it's going back to mark chapter 2 the story of the paralytic jesus says your sins are forgiven he he gives him the spiritual healing first (laughs) what of course they wanted was the physical healing Mm -hmm. and jesus says yeah the physical healing is important but not ultimately important because the body is ultimately going to break break down but what lasts St. Paul says three things last, faith, hope, love. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to be strengthened in. We want to be strengthened in our faith. We want to be strengthened in our hope. We want to be strengthened in our love. And the physical healings, they encourage us. They strengthen us in our in our faith. Um, but there are many, many saints that suffered tremendously during their lifetime, and the Lord never healed them. Think of, of St. Bernadette at Lourdes. There are probably more miracles that have been documented at Lourdes than any place else on the face face of the earth. And yet Bernadette said, The waters at Lourdes are not for me. Bernadette was chronically sick throughout her life.
0: But her mission, like she had fulfilled her mission, is that it? She the Lord used her and then didn't need her anymore. Well,
1: Part of her mission was redemptive. This is a whole other program, but it's redemptive suffering. Oh, all right. mm-hmm. and we, we've okay. talked about that. And Bernadette was spiritually mature enough to be able to realize that it wasn't that the Lord wasn't loving her. The Lord was loving her, but he was asking her to offer up her right. suffering right. for others. And she understood that, mm-hmm. which is why she didn't need the physical healing of the waters yes. at, yeah. at Lourdes. Mm-hmm. Um, many, many examples. Saint Therese, uh, uh, the little, little flower, chronically sick throughout her life, died a terrible death of tuberculosis, vom- vomiting blood, uh, and in the midst of that, though she emerges as one of the great saints of modern times, dying as dying as a young as a young woman, but her faith was extraordinarily strong. And it, and it led to this purification of her love. So her little way is simply the way of love. Yeah. But the way of love is inevitably a, a way of suffering.
2: You know, when you read um, the, uh, this gospel earlier, Father, it reminded me uh, of St. Paul. And sometimes God creates the need in our lives to bring us closer to him. And uh, in fact, he probably always does now that I think of it. But I was thinking about the scales or the, the, sh- the shingles that they had to remove from whoever's r- roof, roof it, it was. was. <laughs> uh, and uh, how you know how important that was. And I was thinking about the scales in our own lives that have to be removed uh, in order for us to, to uh, really be open to God's forgiveness. Forgiveness. But what did Jesus do? He he stopped Paul on his route and threw him down and revealed himself to him. But then he put scales over his eyes. And it was a few days later, as someone brought him then, because he was blind, we know, someone had to bring him, just like these men had to bring the paralytic to Ananias, who didn't want to receive him. But he did and obeyed God, and the scales were removed from his eyes. Then he saw, and then the floodgates of Jesus' grace poured into him and we know the rest of the story what greater saint what healing but he had a thorn in the flesh that never left him too yes. Yes. so uh, it, it was, I think it's a beautiful um, parallel story to what we've been talking about today I think you're a beautiful
1: Bible teacher <laughs> <laughs> it's a great, isn't a, she great yeah that's a great example Susie it really um, is so St. Paul in his arrogance thought he saw clearly and so being physically blinded and knocked to the ground uh, allowed him to recognize that in his physical impairment, he could see that he had been spiritually blinded. And when those scales dropped from his eyes, it's like John Newton's great song, Amazing Grace. I once was blind, but now, now I see. see. John Newton was a slave trader and he, he was making a good living in- enslaving others. But in the midst of the storm, the Lord sa- miraculously saved him when his ship was going to go down. And he, re- later, reflecting on that experience, he wrote the, one of the greatest American anthems. Uh, well, he's British, but <laughs> we, we've adopted <laughs> that, that song as Americans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, Father, I've been intrigued by um, Lexio Divina mm. um, praying that way. And so one day I went to church and I was trying to open the Bible and reflect on a passage. I don't really know how to do it. (laughs) Do you know how to guide us in that? Is that?
1: Well, um, there's several different methods of Lectio and prayer is essentially spending time with our loved one with the one who is love, who is God. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of different methods of prayer and there's lots of different ways of intercessory prayer. I would use the analogy of saying how do you spend time with your loved ones? Well, sometimes we cook dinner together, or sometimes we go out to dinner together, or sometimes we're just sitting side by side. The the ways that we manifest love are as many and different as there are people. Mm-hmm. And I would I would say in a similar fashion it's there are lots of different methodologies of prayer. One of those is Lexio Divina that mm-hmm. you're referring to, which is a prayerful reading of the Scripture. Mm-hmm. And the simplest form of Lexio is not to rush through the Scripture, but to read it and let the wa- let the words wash over you. And when there's something that strikes you. Just spend time with that phrase. Like Susie just gave us an example of the shingles. Mm-hmm. Shingles, shingles. Okay, and then that uh-huh, reminds me of St. Uh-huh. Paul. You start making those connections. Um, so it's, as opposed to my goal is to get through the text. The, in Lectio Divina, the goal is not to get through the text.
0: Is to dwell in it. Is
1: to dwell within the okay, text. Okay,
0: I get it. I get it.
1: Yeah. One way of doing that that's popularly taught is read the scripture one time and then pick out a word or phrase that jumps out at you. It may be shingles, or it may be <laughs> your sins are, <laughs> sins are forgiven, or mm-hmm. it may be rise, pick up your mat. Mm-hmm. Pick a word or phrase and just repeat that over and over again. Then read the whole passage a second time, and pay attention. What feeling does that evoke in me? What What feeling does it trigger? And kind of sit with that feeling. And then read it a third time, and reflect on it and say, how does this apply to my life right now? Okay, well, I'm, I'm like that paralyzed man. I'm, I'm just feeling that I so desperately need the help of others, or I really feel called, I'm one of those who's carrying the paralytic to, to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Or I'm the man whose roof is being disassembled mm-hmm. by, by these charismatic prayers who are <laughs> <laughs> disrupting my, my organized life. But you will
0: begin to relate to some part of it, some part so, of the and will speak to you. Yes Thank you. That was helpful for me. And so now one of, again, uh, quoting um, Juliana of Norwich, my friend of mine wrote a book about her, and so I have to give it a plug, gospel according to Julian. But it, anyway, in Revelation 16, Jesus told Juliana that he is the initiator of prayer that um, I am the ground of thy beseeching. This is so well known. First it is my will that you have it, and next I make you to will it, and next I make you to beseech it, and thou beseekest it. How should it be then that thou shouldst not have thy beseeching? This is the Old English. What, how should it be that you will not have what you are asking for when Jesus gave you the desire to ask for it? Which I find very beautiful.
1: That's a point that uh, St. Pope John Paul made in his little prayer book uh, when he was writing about prayer. He said, uh, prayer is always the result of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit moving in us, and the deepest prayer is the Holy Spirit praying in us. That's that's, that's a different perspective where we think we're the ones that are taking the initiative. As you know, I I live and work at the Bellerman Retreat House, and we have most weekends groups coming, and I often make the point of, yes, you've sent in your deposit, and you've cleared your schedule, and you've packed your bag, and you've fought your way through the traffic, and you've arrived, but none of that would have been possible had not God put the desire in your heart to be here. The reason you're here is because God wants you to be here. God was the one who put that desire in your
0: heart. And so I'm reminded of Father DeGrandis, who recently died, I believe. He was a great healing priest, Bob DeGrandis. Yes. And he wrote a book on healing through the Mass. And in that book, he has this analogy about um, the Holy Spirit. It's like having an oil a well on your property. It's like... You just have unlimited power and resources through this oil well that is just, that just gushes and gives its fruits. Constantly. It's like having the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy
2: Spirit is.
1: Yes. Well,
2: I said that kind of crazy, but that's <laughs> you get what I mean. <laughs> One of the things I like to remind our Bible, suddenly they get tired of hearing it, but I don't. And that is, and I, we can look just around this table in this studio today who's here. We didn't expect when we got up this morning who was going, we didn't know sure. exactly who would be here. But the, the neat thing is, God knew from all eternity. That we would be here at this very moment, broadcasting on this beautiful radio station. Oh, you know, Susie. it is. Uh, it's, it's, it's
0: wonderful. It's a great gift. It's all gift. It's all His grace, yeah. Father. We only have a few minutes left, and we do have a couple of prayer requests. Yes. So. Um,
1: so, um, uh, Tanya asked us to pray for her aging father and for herself and their business, that the Lord would bless their finances and help them to be able to settle debts and there was an anonymous request for a family that is beset with many many problems Uh, a lack of sleep a dislocation of of bones alcoholism myopia running in the in the family a lack of faith cancer is running running through the family some sexual dysfunction so a this anonymous family that has asked for our prayers and of course Joan, we we certainly want to lift up your granddaughter, Ellie, and all the members of your family. Let, Let us pray. Lord, we praise you and we bless you, for we believe that your grace at work in our life that can do so much more than we ask or imagine. We intercede on behalf of Tanya and this family and Ellie and all those who are listening to this program, that you would grant them the healing that they need to draw closer to you. Strengthen their faith, encourage their hope, and manifest your power at work in their lives. Lord, we are a people that believe in miracles because they strengthen our faith. Touch these lives and the lives of all of our listeners with your glory, that our faith would be strengthened and our hearts would be encouraged as we move through this season of Advent. Bless them. And bless us all with your healing love in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit now and forever. Amen. You have been listening
2: to Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. For more information about this program or to purchase additional CD copies, please call us at 224-206-8455. That's 224-206-8455. Or visit us online at wsfiradio.org.
1: Your faith has made you well. Go in peace.